Worldwide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Stogner motion right to left. DG runs right side, powers his way into the end zone again. Dylan Gabriel, touchdown. Gabriel fakes the handoff, lobs in zone, touchdown. Austin Stogner, Peter. Season for Stankowski. Staff inside pitch shovel past Donaldson. He didn't get there. They turned him away. The goal line stand has turned him away. Gabriel gonna throw for the first time here in the third quarter. Pocket all around him comes near sideline. Caught it. 40 yard line down the sideline. Stoops. He's still going. 20. Gabriel to throw, does far side, end zone, Drake got it again, Stoops, he's unbelievable, Drake Stoops, touchdown. Second and goal snap, Gabriel to throw, looks in zone, throws in zone, come on, Drake dude, Stoops, come on. touchdown, hat trick, flag down, he got yeah. blasted, and he hangs on, it's a touchdown, and now we got to fight in the end zone. Swinging. They're throwing punches in the end zone. Drake Stoops absorbed a huge shot. His teammates came to his defense. Victory! Okay, maybe I got a little carried away, jumped all over T-Row's call right there. (laughs) But Drake Stoops was unbelievable on Saturday night. Was he not? Was that one of the best wide receiver performances you've ever seen? Yeah, I just don't know what the best play was from him. That's how great it was. Um, The the 60-yard touchdown run where he carries defenders five yards out in or – the, the call right there where you get mad, where he gets hit in the helmets. Um, I, oh, I w- I'm not mad. I'm just – I'm saying, come on. Like, I can't believe what I'm witnessing oh, with Drake okay. Stoops. That I he thought went you were into, mad that the, he got no. hit right there in the end zone. Okay. No, I'm just like – I'm uh, just like at a loss for the night that he's having. And the, Dylan Gabriel throws it into triple coverage, and he – fearless goes in and makes an incredible touchdown i just drake stoops unbelievable yeah i went back and looked yesterday um the last oui receivers who've had a comparable two-game stretch and drake's had 22 catches for 298 Mm. and four touchdowns the past two games i found cd in 2019 with 13 catches 302 yards and three touchdowns 
And yeah. then Hollywood had in twenty eighteen had fourteen catches for two sixty three and four touchdowns. So he's producing like two first rounders during their best individual seasons at OU. That's it's crazy. That's what that is. And man, well, I, he he's leading the conference in receptions. He's leading the conference in yards. And I know no one predicted this before the year, and no one even predicted it two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He better be first team all conference. He has to be. Has to be. If you are leading the conference in those statistical categories, you better be first team all Big Twelve. Are you kidding me? It's going to be a sham if he's not. I know it. Yeah, he's a he's close to matching what C.D. Lamb is doing right now in the last two weeks against the Eagles and the Giants. <laughs> Seriously, man, all he needs uh, is a one hand catch, and maybe he'll give that to us this week. No kidding. Uh, pretty impressive stuff, man. Uh, what a game. What a game. We had it going all the way around. Defense, another goal line stand, uh, forcing some turnovers, uh, play really good start to finish. You know, gave up that first drive, which was, you know, it was a little worrisome right out of the gate. Um, but they responded well after that point. It, it was really difficult to, to get anything going for West Virginia. And offensively, man, firing on all cylinders. That's Still the story. Gabriel. Was great. The the running game. Salchuk is starting to hit a rhythm. Uh, getting Stogner involved. Drake Stoops continues to go off. Nick Anderson uh, somehow uh, takes his yards per catch average, which is number one in the country, uh, makes it even larger, which is pretty impressive. We, how about Jacob Sexton starts at right tackle? Yep. Uh, gives up a sack early, but after that, dug in and played really good. Yeah, the offense is the uh, it's it's the big story from Saturday, and it just felt like for the first time in a while, they featured the players that they need to be featuring, and they attacked a defense in a way that I think all of us looked at each other after the game and said that's what it should look like. You mentioned the run game, man. Sawchuck has found his groove. The offensive do- line's doing a nice job, but they attacked the middle of the field. They had success down the field as well. Um, that's what this offense needs to look like moving forward in terms of play yeah. calling, aggressiveness, all that. That is when they are best. Attacking the middle of the field, throwing the ball downfield. That was, um, man, I, I think it was probably their best performance of the year given the opponent. Yeah, no, it was. Um, and West Virginia, good, solid football team, had a really good offense coming in. Now, defensively, they've given up points, okay, and they've they've – Giving up some some big plays in the running game and and everything, but we did to them exactly what we should have done. And defensively, again, other than that that first drive where they just went right down the field on us, which you know sometimes that happens. That first drive, always talk about it, is the most difficult. Um, but man, I it's what we needed, right? It's what we needed. Everyone, good, everyone, all around, yeah. And you know we had the turnover on special teams, the muff. Uh, by Gavin Freeman, but the defense, you know, they forced the three and out, the punt, and then we muffed the return and then forced the three and out again with the missed field goal. So that's really impressive for the defense bailing you out of that of that little mistake there. But there's plenty of good stuff to talk about. It's what everyone, wa- it's what everyone needed, man. <laughs> yeah. the, the offense needed a day like that, their best day in a while. The team just needed a win. They, they got that. The fans needed a stress-free Saturday. We got that. And it helped that a couple of teams that you needed to lose lost the game. Really, yeah. it was a fantastic day 
up until the last segment of the postgame show where it was, uh, hey, 10 a.m. local time for the OU-BYU game. Yeah. Have fun with that, guys. Yep. No. Well, I – hey – I know some people were upset about that. I actually was uh, was was kind of happy with it, you know, because it was supposedly, you know, in uh, T. Rowe during the game. Our guest maybe right after the game was in contact with Josie about what those those times may be, and it was either going to be the um, nine fifteen nine thirty thing. Yeah, it was going to yeah. be either the early kick or the late kick, and the late kick would have been bad because you know we've got the short week we're playing on friday so you had a feeling it was going to be early but yeah Yeah. if it was going to be the super late (laughs) kick it would have been a been a long night i uh i was really mad at it in the moment i've come to accept it a little bit more i just think it's just like really just (laughs) you can't even get a non-early kick when you're playing in the state of utah you know yeah. So, well, it's it's fine, whatever. We'll just go on the air since we're going to be out there an hour earlier than normal. It'll be fine. Competitive advantage for OU, I don't think it really matters or should matter when we're talking about this BYU team and how they're playing. But, right. yes, 10 a.m. versus 9 p.m. I think does bode better for the road team for sure. Yep. Yep. Um, man, how about DG? You know, it's interesting. I thought, I thought Dylan Gabriel made some of the best throws – of the season, but he also had some weird misses. Had some bad uh, misses for sure as well. But you know, that's going to happen. That's fine. And sometimes, you know, I saw there was a couple of them that I could tell it was a purposeful throwaway. But there were some misses for sure. But he still ended up with uh, with a huge night. What four twenty three through the air with five touchdowns, and then added the three on the ground. Just superb from uh, from Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, um, he. There were some um, fans sitting by us, or I should say maybe fan, that was vocal about some of the misses that Dylan Gabriel had early on, but you can't complain about eight total touchdowns on, on Saturday. And right. you know We've talked about his, his ability in the run game quite a bit, but man, like this offense blocks it up well. He does a nice job with it. We're in, when they're inside the five-yard line and they just want to run Gabriel on a, a draw, essentially – this offense is really good at blocking that up and getting in the end zone. Yeah. Like they, they may try something on first and second down. First and goal, they run it. It doesn't happen. Second and goal, they try to throw it out. It's almost like, all right, let's just try a couple things here on first and second goal. And, well, if, we're not, if we don't score by third and goal, I guess we'll just, you know, just run it with Gabriel. We'll score on that. We always do. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I know he kind of downplayed it post-game. Um, I don't know if it was Plank or, or Gabe that was interviewing him, but you know, I I think whenever he's involved in the running game, and you know, especially when he gets an opportunity down on the goal line and he's physical, uh, uh, physical, and he puts the shoulder down, I think he plays better. Like all around, he seems to be more competitive, more locked in, and I just a little like more energetic. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it just happens to be the opponent and how things are going, but it feels like he's got a little fire going when he gets going in the run game. Uh, let's see. From the 605, State of South Dakota, Dylan looked like he had a different gear on Saturday yeah. nights. Yeah. Um, let's see. 512, funny. The offense is the story from Saturday. 
but the defense held one of the better offenses in the Big 12 to 330 yards and had their third goal line stand of the year. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I do think the offense is the main story just given the past two weeks, but that is not to try and take away from the defense. First drive wasn't great, but they put Garrett Green in some predictable passing situations, and we saw how much they benefited from that. And, oh, yeah, that goal line stand once again. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Um, just impressive. Awesome stuff. Boy, and you could tell it early, and whenever I went back and reviewed the film, it stuck out even more. With Stutzman and Kip Lewis out there at oh backer, it it looks a little different, Tyler. Because Stutzman's playing the mic, and I thought, you know, he came out, thought he played great. Like, um, forget that he had the bum ankle. Um, you know, he's got the elbows back in the brace, and he's been dealing with the shoulder all year, and the stinger situa- situation with his neck, and obviously the ankle. Uh, turning into Rocky Kalmus out there, had a great night, was laboring in the second half. But I forget that it's with that. Uh, he played good had he been, like, you know, if I'm grading him on the curve of being 100% healthy. And he switched positions and was playing the Mike Backer. Yeah. And Still had, like, like, six tackles in the first quarter. Like, at the first yeah. quarter, I'm thinking, is this dude going to have 20 tackles by the end of the night? He didn't. Yeah. But, no, he, he – you can just tell it's a different when he's out there. Yeah, he, he looked really good. Those two guys as a duo was impressive. And I'll tell you this. I think, you know, and I've talked about it a bit with Canick. I think that he has a tendency to really worry about making mistakes. And whenever they happen, as they're always going to, I think it it wears on him mentally and slows him down and he loses confidence. And I think, you know, losing that spot because he went in and played some uh, later in the game, played quite a bit. I think it he had like, a, you know, just whatever, forget it. I'm just going to go out and play. And I thought he looked as good as he's looked all year. I agree, man. So I, I agree. I I don't know. Um, you know that that I think maybe in a weird way helped him mentally, but I. Really good stuff all the way around. I thought the defensive line looked better. Uh, really penetrate. We're great on that goal line stand. So happy. Chris in Chicago, good, doesn't it? No, it, 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 yeah, yeah. Just the stress level is just down today <laughs> compared to the past two Mondays. It's nice. Chris in Chicago. I'll take the misses by DG if they continue to take some downfield shots. Yeah, got yeah. one uh, with uh, Jaden Gibson, which is nice to see. And hey, I love DG. Getting right there in the mix in the end zone after that Drake yeah. Stoops touchdown. And yeah. I know some don't like, you know, the the fights and all that. I'll tell you, man, like when a West Virginia defender standing over your best offensive player right now, and they're they're the fact that they didn't take that, they got into that scuffle after that play, after the PAT, I'm gonna tell you, I, I don't hate it. In fact, I really like liked it. I agree. I like that this team showed some edge like that after their Best wide receiver got hit like that. Just, just everything that happened. McCade Matower, like fist bumping, um, fist bumping Joe Harris. All of that, I loved it, dude. I, I think that's nothing but a good sign for this team and program. Totally agree. I'm not sure. 
who the MVP was. Was it Dylan Gabriel with the eight touchdowns? Was it Drake Stoops with the performance he had? Was it Metallier for going after the the guy that delivered the shot? Was it uh, the president with the fist bump oh. after your player got ejected? Or was it the fans with the uh, the sarcastic SEC chant at the officials? That was hilarious. Like, I won't sign off on an SEC chant unless it's in a situation like that. A sarcastic one aimed at the officials. Well, it's but they they took it to heart. They cleaned it up a little bit after that. It's only the second time I've ever heard OU fans chant SEC, and the first time was a sarcastic SEC chant at Alabama during that Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. This is only the second time I've heard that, and it's funny how it just organically happened out of nowhere. Because sometimes when you know something like that happens, maybe we talk about it on this show or. Other shows and podcasts bring up the possibility of that. We didn't bring up the possibility of sarcastically chanting SEC after bad calls at home. It's like everyone had the same idea at the same time, and it became yeah. a thing. That was It was funny, dude. And now well, I, I am just expecting, I don't like it, but I'm expecting at least one god-awful call per game from here on out. Oh, man. Tyler, I'm surprised I'm not on awful announcing yet. I probably will be by the end of the week um, for for what I was saying during a couple of those bad calls. It was uh, it was horrible. It was horrendous. Come on, man. It's just pathetic. What, which call do you hate the most, the, the P.I. call? The Both P.I. Ball? calls. The one down the sideline and then the one in the end zone. They were both terrible. And I know that there's – I guess a little bit of jersey pull on the second one. It's a crap call. Um, the uncatchable ball is a crap call. It's just, it's the only thing it is at this point is laughable. It's just laughable. You know it's coming. It's just a matter of time, right? You know it's coming. Metallier shouldn't have been ejected. There's no way he should have been ejected for what he did. He didn't even he didn't even do anything except block the guy. And he took a shot to the face from the other dude, which I sh- I don't think that guy should have been ejected either. I mean, I guess they're trying to to calm things down a little bit out there, but dumb ejection by the officials. Yeah, I like this text from the four six nine. Not fighting would have been more of a concern than the actual fight. There yes. you go. That's right. Yep, you got to come to the defense of your guys. Um, but what a night! What a night! Fun night! Great atmosphere! Fun to watch these guys go out and play good. It was awesome. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line. See what you guys thought of the weekend. 651-3439. I'm hanging out at Newcastle Casino. We'll be back. Bleed Crimson. Love great Sooner Talk. Join the Ref Army by downloading our free app. Toby and TJ, Plank and Josh, Steelman and Thune, and Teddy and Tyler. We have the Sooner experts. The Ref is home to Sooner fans worldwide. Your equipment search ends here. Now that's a bold statement. But at Purple Wave Auction, it's true. See for yourself at purplewave.com. Purple Wave is your online marketplace for ag and construction equipment, utility vehicles, trucks and trailers, and yes, even a classic car or two. Bidding is straightforward and simple. No reserves, no minimum bids. Ready to get started? Head to purplewave.com. Purple Wave Auction. Straight. Simple. Sold. 
Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? We are constantly receiving new inventory and have a wide selection of Silverados and SUVs. At Knippelmeyer, we still do business the same way we have. .org. The country's going to find out. Everything runs through Lubbock. Everything runs through Lubbock. Hey, we're the team to beat. It is a reaction Monday on the rush, and normally when I play that, it's to make fun of Texas Tech for losing a game. But this Monday, I play it out of love. Thank you, Joey McGuire. Thank you, Texas Tech, for doing what needed to be done. Texas Tech, before OU even took the field on Saturday, you had one of those scenarios that you needed to make the Big 12 championship game happen when Texas Tech went on the road to beat Kansas. So, appreciate this, Needed it. Needed it. Um, That was awesome. And Texas barely got away. Dude, gosh. Third down, they throw it up to A.D. Mitchell. Third and long, mm-hmm. they throw it up to A.D. Mitchell. Like third and twelve it. or something, I think. Or TCU is going to get the ball back with under two minutes left to tie it or go win it. Yep. Gosh. Well, and I don't know all the scenarios. Um, do they absolutely have to have Texas lose? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, there are other ways to get there, I believe, but that's just the easiest way to explain it. Yeah. Just Texas, go ahead and lose. Sounds yeah. like, um, and this is the most popular scenario, I guess, because it really screws OSU, is OU wins out, Texas wins out, K-State wins out, and OSU wins out. Even though OSU has beaten K-State and OU head-to-head, K-State would win that three-way tie. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Let's, uh, like, instead of rolling down all the scenarios that have been visited a thousand times, I'm just going to let you pick every game, and we'll see who ends up in the Big 12 championship, okay? Okay. BYU and OU. OU. Iowa State and Texas. I know, right? Jonathan Brooks out for the year, torn ACL. Oh, my gosh. I'll go Iowa State. I don't know how much I believe it, though. Uh, K-State at KU. K-State. I agree. TCU at Baylor. I don't think that really matters, but. TCU. Tech at UCF. Okay, I don't know if that matters. Uh, uh, UCF. OSU in Houston. In Houston. Well, uh, OSU that played us beat Houston 50-0. to zero. OSU that played UCF. And Lose to Houston. I'll give it to Oklahoma State. Okay. West Virginia and Cincinnati. West Virginia. All right. Last week, OU and TCU. OU. Texas and Texas Tech. Texas. Baylor and West Virginia. West Virginia. UCF and Houston. UCF. Cincinnati and KU. KU. K-State and Iowa State. That's in Manhattan. K-State. OSU and BYU, that's in Stillwater. OSU. So we're calculating. We would have in your scenario, which is pretty straight up, outside of uh, Texas losing to Iowa State this weekend, that's K-State and OU in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, what's the line in that? Texas is, uh, what, eight-and-a-half point favorite up in Ames? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I Texas I can say, absolutely lose in Ames this weekend. Well, there's no, no doubt, doubt about it. it. They can no OSU doubt. can absolutely lose to Houston this weekend. 
Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Yeah. And I just don't think, you know, like the, the chalk finishes OU, Texas, OSU, and Kansas State winning out. I don't think – at least one of those teams is losing the final two weeks. Yeah. Uh, I Texas without Brooks, now that that's deal, interesting. Man. That is a big deal. And I saw um, – did Sark actually say this? Or maybe it was like some Texas reporter just kind of uh, – you know, just just make it a point here that this could mean that Texas has to rely more on Quinn Ewers throwing the ball. And yeah. if that's the case, that's best case scenario for a Texas loss, I think. Yeah. You know, they're they're the next leading rusher after Jonathan Brooks, who's got eleven hundred yards and ten touchdowns uh, for Texas, really came on strong, is CJ Baxter, and he's got a hundred fewer carries, uh, three hundred and ninety yards rushing and just the three touchdowns. I mean, he's he's got a decent average, but right, Jonathan Brooks has been the workhorse for them big time. So, yeah, I'm. I mean, he's got the massive bulk of their carries. Everyone else is just kind of, you know, like I said, the the second leading rusher has a hundred fewer carries than he does. I um, I I absolutely think that Texas' best chance to lose is this Saturday at Iowa State. Like, it's. They're more likely to lose that game than the game at Tech. But yeah. there was definitely a point in the season where I was ready to throw that out as an easy win for Texas. I'm not – like, one, the way that Texas has played so many close games in conference this year. Um, two, Jonathan Brooks being out. But Tech got a quarterback back, and they've kind of found something, man. Like, they, they, they beat a not-great TCU team the week before, but they go to KU and win, and they really screwed yeah. that up. It should have been that close, but – Tech maybe found something, you know. The Big 12 refs, I'm sure, going to help out Tech in oh that game gosh. on that Black Friday. So I think Texas has maybe got two tough games left before, yeah. before the, if, if they can get there. Well, you know, you, they go beat Iowa State up on the road and, you know, start smelling that Big 12 uh, championship game, smelling the uh, the ice-cold beer and the, and the nachos in Jerry's world, thinking about that game before they wrap things up with, with Texas Tech on a uh, you know a night game, 6.30 kick. Is that Friday? Is that the same Friday we play? Yeah, they're the, they're the primetime game that yeah. night. I mean, that's – you can't just dismiss Tech. I, I know that they, their season hasn't been, you know, what, what everyone expected from them, but, you know, they're still playing some tough football. Here's, a, here's maybe the craziest scenario that's out there. And don't ask me to explain it because I, I, I can't. All I can do is tell you what would happen under each scenario at this point. But the crazy scenario is OU wins out, Texas wins out, K-State wins out, OSU wins out. Now, in the scenario before that, we said it's most likely – that it would be Texas and Kansas State in that situation, right? Yeah. Unless Cincinnati were to beat Kansas. If OU wins out, if K-State wins out, Texas and Oklahoma State, those four that we talk about all go 2-0, and but Cincinnati beats Kansas, somehow, someway, it would be OU and Texas in the Big 12 championship game, and K-State would finish fourth instead of second. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even understand that. Maybe it has to do with strength of schedule. Is like, so they have to lose to Kansas State and Cincinnati. Um, Probably, yeah. yeah. KU would lose its. Uh, I guess technically Last it would be its final three if you want to count this past yeah. weekend. But yeah. Well, 
Hey, with I'll with take Bean that. I'll take up, that right now. If you give it to me, yes, please. If, if they've got to start a true freshman at quarterback, like they had to go to whenever Bean went down, uh, who knows what might may happen with Kansas? They could fall apart pretty quickly. This, so. is, this is wild, man. It just it used to be so easy. Everyone playing everyone. And now you add to four new teams, and it's madness here. And what? someone's going to be pissed when they get left out of this thing. Maybe two. Do teams. you have the percentage breakdown as it all stands right now for Oklahoma to make the Big 12? So I think I have it to win the Big 12. Where is it down okay. in the rundown sheet here? Let me find it. Um, Texas, of course, is the favorite. Kansas State has the second-best odds. Uh, OU has the third best odds, and OSU now has fourth. I think I have it in the screenshot. I'll, I'll find that momentarily. Gotcha. But it's like we talked last week about Oklahoma State having the best road to the Big 12 championship game, and I, I wasn't aware of all these crazy scenarios that we're talking about, but I yeah. still felt that was true last week. You know, OSU yep. had the best route to a conference championship game, and now they're, they're not in a good spot as it currently stands. I <laughs> – Okay, Dude, here it is, I, by the way. Okay. 52.7% for Texas. 19, to win it or to that's to win it, yeah, right? Yeah, th- this is to win it. 52.7% for Texas, 19.1% for K-State, 18.9% for OU. So, I mean, right there behind Kansas State. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a very nice percentage of for OSU of 6.9%, huh. followed by Iowa State at 2%. Yeah. Wow. So that OSU loss to UCF was massive for the conference race. Gosh, I guess Iowa State, if if they went out, I mean, if they beat Texas and Kansas State, dang. Yeah, all of a sudden that gets – would that be us and Iowa State? I, maybe. I, I, can, I can run it down here if you like. I uh, think it would be. It. Iowa State beats Texas and Iowa State beats Kansas State. Let's go. KU beat Cincinnati. That would be, uh, that would be a Bedlam rematch if that happens. Oh, so Iowa State would. Iowa make State it. beats Texas, and then they go to Kansas State and win. That looks like a Bedlam rematch. Yeah. Unless Oklahoma State lost another one. Well, and and dude, yeah. I just I I think I speak for the majority of the fan base. If you could be greedy for a second and pick your opponent, that's who you want. Oh, yeah. You, you, you want those guys because of uh, the revenge factor, but I think a lot of people feel very confident OU would fare quite well in that rematch. I feel like we'd fare quite well no matter who we play. 100%, man. 100%. For whatever reason, maybe that's dumb to feel that way, but I do. Um, I think it would probably be better for the program long term if you beat Texas twice in one year. Uh, right before you enter the SEC, but um, I, it would also be nice to get back at at Oklahoma State. It would be, and I feel like those could be your best two match. Like the toughest matchup, I think it might be Kansas State. Um, I don't know. I think Texas has a better defense than Kansas State. I I do too, but just the the. Jonathan Brooks being out for the rest of the – I think that's going to be a huge deal to their offense. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, I, it's weird. I'm in a place now to where, like, I'm not even – I don't really even care about who the offense is because of where our defense is. It's oh, yeah, all about – Yeah, it's all about, like, who can we score points against. 
which is a weird place to be. All right, quick timeout. Keep the text coming. We'll get to some of those next. 651-3439. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. For it. Planning for our own life celebration is no different. With pre planning, Primrose can help eliminate the difficult decisions at a difficult time because nobody should plan for a loss at the same time they're experiencing one. Contact Primrose Funeral Service at 405 321 6000 or visit online at primrosefuneralservice.com. I love to watch people respond because I like having my back in a corner. I like that. Okay? And I like coming out swinging. All right, and that's how you that's how you develop an identity right there. I love the unity in this team. All right, I love the belief. All right, I love the work. I love how you guys embrace how we do what we do. Santa John on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line says, "I wish I could have been inside the OU locker room following the West Virginia game. I can imagine Coach Venables telling the team on the record." I will tell the media that we need to control our emotions. But off the record, thank you, McCade. I'm proud of you. That's what OU DNA is all about. Well, I tried to take you a little bit inside the locker room there, Santa John. That was Brent after the game on Saturday talking to the team. But, yeah, I'm sure the head coach doesn't hate an offensive lineman sticking up for the rest of the offense the way that he did. Uh, Or just really the entire offense as a whole, I guess, too. Right. It's one of those things where – you you have to say we've got to be smart we can't we can't penalize ourselves which you know at the point like i'm trying to think you, what was the score of the game at that point do you know um i mean it was it was clearly out of hand right. i don't remember the the I, I can go back and look at it pretty I mean, quick you you just kind of you got to be smart when when you can do something like that and when you can't and uh, you've got to be careful as a coach because if you condone it well, then you're going to have every single Tom, Dick, and Harry on your football team trying to, you know, trying to do something like that at some point in a football game to spark something or to get everyone going. 52-20 like, was the, uh, was so the score at the time. You've got to be very, really careful. Like maybe you say that individually to Metallier, uh at some point that, hey, you know, we got to be smart, but I respect what you did. You just you got to be careful how you how you react to that as a coach. Four oh five. So I feel like Dylan Gabriel is finally off the schneid with the Sooner fans, as Chris Berman would say. No. So what we've learned, Teddy, is that all it, if that's true. If all it takes for DG to get off the schneid with the fans is a legendary drive to beat Texas and eight touchdowns in one game. <laughs> eight touchdowns and break into the. Is he? I think he's top ten all time NCAA Correct. history yep. in passing touchdowns. Yep. So, yeah, uh, pretty pretty nice night by him uh, statistically. Cherokee Eight. Sooner. There's fat. There's five bad hombres in college football, and four of them called Dylan Gabriel sir. Hmm. What does that mean? Well, Am I missing something? There's five bad hombres in college football, and four of them all called Dylan Gabriel, sir. Who are the bad hombres? I don't know. Maybe Cherokee Sooner will tell us here in okay. a moment. Vinny Paul says eight total touchdowns. That has to be the most by an OU true freshman. What a great game by Jackson Arnold. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yeah, sounds like he's going to uh, redshirt unless an emergency situation happens. Yeah, what was your reaction whenever we saw Davis Bevel enter the football game instead of Jackson Arnold? My reaction was, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah. I did not believe in that time that, oh, my God, did Bevel outduel Jackson Ornold in practice and he's the backup quarterback? No. like I mean, they said earlier in the year they weren't worried about the red shirts. I think if the number's four for him right now, if Dylan Gabriel had played in three games or in five games, he probably goes out there on Saturday. But it's, yeah, let's just redshirt him if we can instead of just throwing him out there to hand the ball off eight times and that's it. So yeah. I, I, I get it. Yeah, I get it for sure. Yep. No, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm okay with that. Totally okay with it. I'm sure Jackson Arnold's okay with it. Um, get him coming in as a freshman next year. And depending on what the bowl game is, he can play in the bowl game, right, and not lose the red shirt. Uh, is that the rule? Does the bowl game not count towards the four? They change it every right. single year. If that's I know. yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Ladonna from Lubbock says, "I was wanting booty. The fans would have gone nuts. <laughs> yeah, they they, uh, they would have. I loved during the fight the fact that I looked up and I was like, wow, Jerry Schmidt got out there rather quickly. He was right there in the middle of that. Yeah, and West Virginia." They ain't know anything about Schmitty. They want none of that smoke. Zero of yep. it. Oh, Smidro. Like, if he would have taken a shot out there, you want to see the players really go crazy. Um, now, all, all, all in all, though, that was really cool. It was awesome to see. I'm, I'm hoping that the Sawchuck progression is legit. It's not just, you know, that we've played some – you know, some run defenses that are pretty poor. Um, I mean, he looks like he's getting a nice little rhythm. I, it feels like the offensive line is is finding a rhythm. And uh, even Jeff Levy, behind what, what this group is doing, um, like starting to, to see the offensive line get better at something, and he's calling it accordingly. And uh, I think that's a good thing. I think it is like a real thing. Um and not just because the yards look a whole lot better, but his like th- these running backs before were almost just running into a pile and not breaking any tackles, and they were going down immediately. At, at the side of first contact, these running backs in the first half of the year, they're, they're going down, and that's it, after about a two, maybe a three-yard game. Yeah. The, vision, no, I... the vision seems to be better. Like The patience seems to be better. There, there, there's more broken tackles. There's still not a ton out there, but I don't know. Just the eye test, man, it, it really does feel like Gavin Sawchuck and this running game has found its groove, even without its best offensive lineman out there on Saturday, which yep. makes you feel pretty good. I know. Sexton performed really nice, man. That was awesome to see. Really, really good to see. Um, I don't know. I, I think we're in a good place. Going to BYU, got to show up, play a good football game. Should be able to handle that without any issues. Um, Famous last words. Yeah, you turn the football over. You uh, you have some mess ups on on special teams. Like, who knows what could happen? But we are more than capable to, capable than to go out there and and win that game and do so. Uh, you know, with flying colors. Vegas sure so. thinks so. Putting you at a twenty four and a half point favorite. Twenty four and a half. Yeah, twenty four and a half point favorite. It was a great offensive night. We all feel better about things. Uh, Levy's play calling, the execution, no turnovers. It's great. It was awesome. Go do yeah. it again, man. Like, that's the next step for this offense, right? Go do it again. Yeah. Go do it again the very next week. Don't let that be just a one-week thing and you revert back to what you were the last two times you're on the road. Go do it again against a team that you're a lot better than. Pretty simple. Yep. 
I agree. Now, we moved up to number 14 in the Associated Press Top 25 college football poll. Too high, too low, dead on, balls accurate. 14, and I'm looking at some of the teams. I think that that's dead on, balls accurate for this team at this given point. We're better than Ole Miss. Um, We're better than – I think we're better than Oregon – Louisville. I think we're better than Louisville. Yeah, yeah. We're better than Texas. We already proved that. But I think where we're at is kind of like – I think you've earned to be at that spot, right? So, um, I think we got a chance to continue to to move up. And the next two weeks – should have a chance to be right there on the verge of the top ten, heading into the postseason. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Big 12 championship. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line. We'll continue to get to those. We'll wrap up our number one next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. A special life deserves a fitting fair. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. Kevin's group bringing you this hour of the rush on a reaction Monday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. That's Cavens Group at 405-573-3048. 405-573-3048 or CavensGroup.com. Jimmy in Tulsa on the text line. Says, Teddy and Tyler, my reaction, Bevel coming in for Jackson Arnold means he's done for the year and leaving with Jeff Levy. Huh. Huh. Wonder where Jeff Levy's going. Mississippi State. Or Boise State. Or San Diego State. Or A&M. Or Arkansas. Um, Or the Penn State OC. There's a few jobs open. That is... That is an interesting perspective. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't. I guess I don't know how to respond to that. I, if you can respond and say I disagree, that's what I what I would say. Well, I do disagree, but I don't know. I don't know. I. I I don't I guess the red shirt in my opinion doesn't have anything to do with whether or not he would leave with Lebby if Lebby even like was to leave like I don't I mean number 1 like that is a that's quite the jump uh, that Lebby would leave I don't know if that's going to be the case I don't know if he wants to leave I don't know if Venables wants him to leave I don't know I guess that is um that's a take, and I'm sure that's going to be a rather popular one. I don't know if it's going to be a popular one. I mean, Levy might be gone at the end of the year, but is he going to be at a better job or a better situation for Jackson Arnold? I just I don't think that's going to be the case. Well, the answer to that is no. Yeah, so I, Jackson Arnold will be your starting quarterback at OU next year. I feel, uh, yeah. feel pretty good about that. Well, aside from... Jeff Levy getting the head coaching job at Texas A&M, which I don't think is going to be the case. Um, Jackson Arnold, I don't think, would leave Oklahoma as the sure starter going into the SEC. Like, 
to go be the starting quarterback at Mississippi State for Jeff Levy. Like that, I mean, I know there's a really good relationship there, but you don't. <laughs> you wouldn't sabotage your college career for that, you know. You want you, you want Jackson Arnold, don't you? You, you want Jackson Arnold? You, you, go get oh, you, go go get you Jeff Levy. They they call him up that JFA up there for a reason. They they, they feel pretty good about him. He's future up there at quarterback. Go, go, go up there and get Jeff Levy if you want Jackson Arnold. We haven't even talked about the situation down at Texas A and Well, we will uh, at the top of the hour with some electric, and I mean. Electric audio from this weekend. God. Wow. Okay, uh, I can't wait for that. Well, you've already heard it. It's just you don't know which audio is going to happen. Which one you play? You better have heard it. I mean, it was all over the internet yesterday. Probably. I probably have heard it. But Some I'm call it petty. It. Some call it psychotic. I say, huh, sounds SEC ready to me. There's your hint. It's probably both or all three. Perhaps. Yeah, I right. guess psychotic is definitely, yeah, that's SEC ready in a lot of ways. All right. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Our number two is next. My girlfriend's for Bugs, baby.